What's up? Casey here. And if you are out there about to finish your master's program and really stressed out about what the F you're going to do to study for this BCBA or BCABA exam, I've got some amazing news for you because we're about to open signups for our next collective, which is our fall collective. And in the month of May, you can get $100 off. OMG, huge savings. So if you sign up in May using coupon code EARLYAF, you can get $100 off the collective. We have three different packages. They are meant to fit anyone that needs to study, that wants to go through 20 classes with Liat and Casey and cover every item on the task list. We've got you from beginning to end. There is no questions needed. We are there for you. We've got your back. So head over to www.studynotesaba.com and sign up for the Fall Collective and get $100 off. We start June 27th, which also happens to be my birthday. So holy crap, join us. We cannot wait to meet you and we will help you get through this dreaded exam. Love you. Mean it. Study notes, ABA. ABA and a little X right it away. It's behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. And we are here with episode 118. In case you didn't know, 18 is my favorite number. Random fact, but that has nothing to do with Casey's rhyme. Casey, what is our rhyme for today? All right. Episode 118, there's a rumor out there that school psychologists are cool to date. <laughs> yeah. Guess what, like, everyone? I'm dating a school psychologist. <laughs> Update. Just last, epi- last episode, she's going through divorce. Today, we have two guys on here that are trying to take her out on a date. Um, just kidding. <laughs> they're, they're both married. happily married. Yeah, totally. yeah jokes. LOL. At least some of us are happily married, right? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so... Today, we're really excited, but before we get into anything, you know I have to read a review because I love it, and I just want to say thank you for people that listen um, and actually take the time to go leave one because it means the world. So this one came in from Icy Blue Jay, which I'm interested in that name, so message me why that is your name. It's cool. The title is ABA Friends in a World of Chaos. Liat and Casey are amazing. As a school-based BCBA in a world where ABA has a bad reputation, Liat and Casey remind me why I love this field and help me with fresh perspectives. They've even helped me explain to ABA haters how amazing it can be. I wish I had a longer commute, so I had an excuse to listen more every day. We are so frigging happy that you sent this in because I would say that's my ultimate goal of the podcast is to show people that... ABA is amazing and can be super, super useful and also collaborate with so many different people. That's my major goal. Liat is definitely about like figuring out why serial killers murder and all that crazy shit, which I love. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I'm so happy that we got that. And it, it makes that definitely reinforces our behavior to keep doing this and keep collaborating with other people especially today's topic, because we have some cool dudes on um, that are, you know, not in the ABA field, but they're in the psychology field. And I'm sure we're going to have some fun conversations. But first, I want to, okay, first, 
I have so much stuff I want to do because I have like a whole list of things I have written here, but let me just do a quick bio intro um, that they sent me. And I, I laughed, first of all, because I was like, oh, he's a dude. That's what it says. Okay, cool. So we have Christopher Ponce. Um, he's a licensed specialist in school psychology based out of San Antonio, Texas, and a proud Hawaiian. Okay, I am very interested. I cannot wait to... Okay, this is good. Okay. It's his sixth year as a school psych. He has served as a board member of the Texas Association of School Psychologists. For the past three years, he hosts a podcast, which we're going to talk about with him as well. Um, And he's one of the founders of The School Shrinks. Listen to this, guys. He has a beautiful, badass BCBA wife. Oh, my God. And a three-year-old son. Um, in a dog. Um, fun fact, nobody knows what a school psychologist is. I don't either. So we're going to ask them. We also have Brock Roberts. Uh, Brock Brooke. is a dude. Brooke. Shit. I knew I was going to That's what I'm, I'm – she said it twice and I'm like, am I reading this name so wrong? I was like, I'm not even going to try to say it the whole episode. <laughs> Brooke. Like a, like a river flowing Brooke. There you go. That's me. Or like okay. Brooke. Like Garth Brooke. <laughs> oh, okay. Like anything, bro. Also in class last night, you said jargon again when you're trying to say jargon. Okay, keep going. Yeah, maybe it's a maybe it's a northeastern thing. I swear it is. Hey, Brooke, do you know Chris Gaines? I mean, it's kind of like Garth Brooks adjacent, right? I don't know. I know. know Why do I know that name, Chris Gaines? It's Garth Brooks alter ego when he put out that one album, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, anyways, so Brooke, like a river, um, is a dude. He's a lifelong Texan. Um, he's a former president of the Texas Association of School Psychologists. Um, he's also um, the clinical training director in the school psychology program at Texas Tech University. And he became a school psychologist after a number of other careers. And he especially enjoys supervising graduate students and interns. So Brooke and his wife um, also have a daughter. She's left the home. They are empty nesters. Um, if anyone needs to move in and be a co-ed for them. No, no, um, no, no. He would also have been a rapper <laughs> or a DJ in his previous life, but he really just wants to be a gypsy nomad. So anyways, two school psychologists, welcome to the show, Chris and Brooke. Hi, Leon. Hi, Casey. How's it going, guys? Woo! Okay, wait, is, now I understand why Chris is wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of my thing. So, so the, the shirt, I usually wear pretty loud and obnoxious shirts. It really is to distract you from like dumb stuff I may say or incorrect information. That's not to say I'm bad at my job, but sometimes you get distracted very, it's like, you know, birds, right? Like, what is he doing? What is the real purpose here? It helps me. It helps me. It's a little comfort thing too. So, and I work in elementary school and kids love it. So I have a bunch of weird shirts. I got dinosaur shirts, shark shirts, all that type of stuff. So I get that it- stuff. For, it's also in style. And by the way, there's a new brand at Target right now. Have you been recently? No. To Target? Has everybody been to Target recently? I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. no. The, I was like, this is amazing. I've never seen more colorful, like cool guy shirts. That It's like they're doing some collab with some brand. Yeah. I think you need definitely need to go check it out. I will definitely go check it out. Thank you for the for the insight, Leah. <laughs> yeah. um, and and can I say that, that school psychology is almost ABA- Adjacent. I mean, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. I know we're jumping into it, and I know you have questions to kind of talk about. No, I'm go for it. To, I'm I love not it. trying to hijack your podcast. Would, but. Wouldn't you say that uh, ABA came out of psychology? Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But like a lot of times on school campuses, we are the people to go to because we have a. I don't know if there was a shortage of BCBAs, but I think there's a shortage of BCBAs in schools. Mm-hmm. So for we have, I have a pretty sizable district, and we have two for the wow. entire district. I was going to ask that. I was going to say one of my questions was definitely 
um, as school psychologists, first, one of you tell us what a school psychologist does, first of all. Hey, Brooke, you're the instructor. You can do that. Uh, I knew you were going to throw this at me. Um, <laughs> so school psychologists help kids with learning problems, and that could be um, academic problems. It could be social, emotional, behavioral problems. Um, I would say most. Uh, we're trying to get a, um, uh, away from it, but a lot of testing, a lot of uh, IQ testing and behavioral testing, but... Um, we also work with systems level interventions, um, looking at, at school district data uh, to make to to make improved and informed decisions, um, crisis response, um, threat assessment, and then uh, you know preventative measures that can help um, stem off some of those some of those uh, those things that occur in schools. I think that's a great description, and that's the ideal job of a school psychologist. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have a giant shortage which leads to us not being able to do a lot of that stuff, right? Um, and especially in districts that are huge, you, we have to kind of focus on the biggest need. So even though we have a bunch of skills, we have a bunch of tools that we can do and use, we're not quite always used for all that stuff. But, I think it's, a, it's, it's I mean, I, I think it's the same in a lot of fields. I mean, I could talk about, you know, even within ABA, it's like we have all this cool shit we could do, but everyone's spread thin. And if you're saying there's two of you in an, in a whole district, right? Is that what you said? Two, two BCBAs in the whole district. Oh. That's what I was saying is like we have to take on some of those roles a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, I mean it's it's insane what it's expected. And it's also the quality of services can't be that amazing because it's one person trying to do it all or two. <laughs> I also feel though, and this could be a controversial thing, which I don't really, I don't even like that, but I, I've, I've heard, I feel like there's a lot of pushback from school districts about BCBAs. I, so I haven't heard that so much, but I think generally speaking, your guys' job is a very specific job and it's, Mm -hmm. it's gauged around like a functional, like an FA, right? Like, wow, look at you, Chris. Okay. He just (laughs) dropped the first behavior term. If you're out there studying, an FA is a functional analysis. Wait a second. I know how to say discriminative stimulus. (gasps) Ah, Look at that. We studied. (laughs) Talk dirty to me. All right. (laughs) But like, right. So we can't alter the conditions in a classroom, right? I mean, so when we go in and do like an FBA, for instance, a functional behavior, right? Like we are going in and we are seeing a natural, like in the wild type of thing, right? So I'm not going to introduce different variables. I'm not going to do all that type of stuff. So I think there are, I have spoken to a BCBA. It is not my wife. It is not Casey and Leah who's come (laughs) in and said, I wish I could change things in the, the classroom to kind of identify the real function of the behavior, but it's just not feasible, right? We have so much time during the day. We can't remove a kid from a classroom for three hours to do an assessment or something like that. I'm not, I don't actually know how long those take. So three hours may be way overestimating it. Um, or underestimating it, but yes. Oh, oh Jesus. For, right, for, so. I mean, that's what insurance will cover likely, but okay, there's fair, a lot more yeah. to do. Oh, insurance. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but basically, you know, we, they have to kind of alter their perspective to our environment. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes that can kind of throw them off a little bit or maybe rub some people the wrong way when they are recommending something. And we do get a lot of pushback sometimes in the schools because there's just not enough time in the day. There's a lot of time, like teachers don't have a lot of time to do things. So when we recommend a certain, we'll just go down the ABA route, a behavior plan, they're like, I don't, I don't have time to do that. 
I really don't have time to do that. I can't make mm-hmm. visuals. I can't, you know, pair them. I can't, you know, we're, we're just doing pre-Mac principle and we're hoping for the best at this point. So, I literally I think, feel like these I, guys should come teach for the collective I, right I now. Think, I think some <laughs> of the pushback, you know, I think some of the pushback comes from a lot of times these are parents who are requesting ABA services and BCBAs in the schools. And there, you know, there's some sort of a threat of litigation or due process. And so the association has Mm -hmm. come to be, you know, the BCBA being being a negative association there um, or aversive um, association. I agree with that in the sense that um, I didn't ever I did only very little work in a school system, but it was right as I was leaving my clinical director job at um, an adult day program service um, organization. So I had no experience really in a school system and I was being mentored and I went in to do an observation in like a kindergarten classroom. And I felt like, whoa, they, and I, I feel like I'm a pretty likable person. I'm not like the mean, like, like I'm friendly. I think they were like, you're the what you're the, the BC. Oh, you're the BCBA. Like, yeah. like immediately mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God. Whoa. And it was mm-hmm. my first real, um, moment because in yeah my first like I was like wow you're right there is a reputation or there is an aversiveness of me coming in um to their classroom when they are you know the teachers running it all day long and then all of a sudden this person pops in and it's like oh wait let me observe for an hour and then recommend all these things that you need to do and they're like no I don't want to do that so do you guys like get sorry yeah do you guys get like training in more of a consultative collaborative model where with a consultation plan, you're setting goals up and you're setting strategies mm-hmm. up together with the consultee. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I think that's been the hardest thing for me to learn is that I can't just walk into a classroom and say, do this, do this and do this. It's got to be something that we agree with that, mm-hmm. that consultee. And there's got to be a bit of trust, right? Built up between you and the teacher as well. So like, mm-hmm. I remember early on in my career, and that's not to say that I had all the, I don't have, I don't have all the answers, guys. But like, I would maybe go into a classroom of a teacher who's been doing this like 20 plus years. And I'm like, oh, here's what, she's like, what is, what do you know anything? Like, mm-hmm. you just graduated three months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're going to come yeah. into my room and tell me what to do in I my room? Mm-hmm. Well, it's so also I, this. I've been the teacher, okay? I've been the, the sorry, teacher. We're not, I'm not trying to trash teachers. No, 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 no. I don't think that at all. Don't worry. Okay. It takes more to offend me. My skin's thick. No, um, no but what I'm saying is... <laughs> your fingers, but your skin's pretty thick. <laughs> my skin's thick. I have scleroderma. It makes your skin thicker, actually. But um, It's a scientific proven fact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally. All right. But the thing is, I was that teacher. I get it. You're overwhelmed as shit. You got Tommy here who is making it so hard for everyone else to learn. You, you, you know, you're like on the outside, you have someone coming in like, well, Tommy needs these extra things. You're like, holy shit. But I have Jessica over here who is legit. Awesome. Like I, and I was a special ed teacher. So it's like, and oftentimes, unfortunately, I do think the special ed classroom becomes like a, we just a dump, dump like a dump anyone here who we don't know exactly what they need or it's too much for a teacher so, like, someone comes in, a BCBA, who is – it's one thing if they're in the school district, you still probably won't, like, like them as much because they could come in. It's like, okay, you're going to give me this plan, then you're going to walk out and leave, and you expect me to do it. That's number mm-hmm. one. Yep. Now, when you come from the outside, right, it's really like, okay, listen, honey, you have no effing idea what goes <laughs> on here. You do not know the amount of stuff we're dealing with. 
you come in with your pretty little stimuli, you've cut up in pouches. You think I'm going to be doing this? Like, get a grip, right? Yeah. Or it's this young, hungry BCBA who's so excited. They just took our classes. They've learned all these different methods. They want to use it. And it's like, let, let's, this is, this is when we use that word, like, pragmatic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no one's looking for, like, you naturally are annoying when you come in with more work for someone who's trying to get a solution on how to, you know, handle the classroom. Totally. So it's, and that is why it's also so important that like, we're not only pairing with the clients, you're also pairing with the other people you're working with. Like the teacher. I used to, I remember I went into one classroom, like she was not into me. I promise you for the first two weeks, I was like just complimenting her tattoos. I was like, I love (laughs) that tattoo. That's so cool. Oh my God. What does that mean? Totally. Oh, if I got to get a tattoo and I wasn't Jewish, I totally get that. Okay, like literally whatever the F you got to do to make these people like you, you got to pair. And I think um, so I've built up that relationship on my campuses, but I think one issue I'm having this year and, you know, we can turn this into a kind of consultation session as well. But like so some of our pre-K babies are coming in who have never been in school and they had a year of COVID. So there's a lack of socialization as well. um, And we're getting an excessive amount of behaviors at a very early age when maybe there doesn't need to be. So it's a lot of going in and building skill sets of pre-K teachers at this point. At least that's what I'm doing in my campuses, Brooke. And then Brooke's kind of more of a, a nomad traveling school psych um, in his world. Um, so it's a little bit different, but do you still do consultation, Brooke? Yeah. Um, it's not as intense. Um, I mean, it's, and it's not regular. It's really more, okay, I've, I've evaluated this child um, in a team and now I'm going to talk to the teacher about this is something, these are some things that we've got to change. Some of them, I mean, I, I would say I, when I do an evaluation, I usually, I do have kind of a function-based lens um, with, with my evaluations. Um, I think that's one of the only ways that we can really be pragmatic and that the reports that we write um, can be useful and, and relevant and meaningful. There's one thing that I listen to because I you know Casey does her research um um, that Chris you had said I think it was you maybe it was um Brooke but you wish you had more experience in something and I think it had something to do with motivation or like um maybe not motivation um yeah actually Brock said that Brock said that um motivational interviewing which yeah. is the type of counseling technique where you help, you don't lead an individual into it, but it's, it's helping them understand what they're trying to establish by asking open-ended questions. So like, Leah, like, why do you want your house to be cooler? Uh, for anyone who didn't know, my air conditioning went out and I just got a great deal. Just some context. Why do I want it to be cooler? Yeah. Because I have an amazing new nanny upstairs and I don't want her to leave when it's hot as shit in Dallas. Yeah. So exactly. Well, we've already kind of get into the whole problem, right? So normally with a four-year-old, like a third grader, it's going to be a lot longer process. Like, I'm hot. Yeah. Exactly. I've done a lot of therapy. I'm very in tune with my needs. I know exactly why I need the AC, okay? Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But like that would be a skill set to build, but there's only so much time in the day and we have so much Casey Moore, she's a little more like complicated. You can ask her some of those things. Okay. I feel like we need to get paid for that type of session. Yeah, I was going to say generational (laughs) trauma. Yeah, like we can't even go there right now. Yeah. But like that's just a skill set I would like to build, but it just comes with experience and time. And talking to Dr. Gil Strait out of the University of Houston, who is a phenomenal motivational interviewer. So... (laughs) 
What up, podcast listeners? Obviously, you guys are listeners and you like to tune in to the bitches while driving, sitting, breastfeeding, working out, whatever the hell you're doing. So we figured we'd appeal to you with our most recent updated badass product, The Bitches Talk A Lot. I mean, The Bitches Talk Amok. Bitches Talk Amok is our product where we go over 185 mock questions that are different from any of the questions we have on any other mocks. We read the question to you. We give you the answer choices. We give you time to choose your answer. And then we explain to you the correct answer after. So if you're one of those busy people, which I'm pretty sure everyone who's a BCBA or going for their BCBAs or in this field is a major multitasker, this is for you. You could be studying without sitting in front of the books. So go check it out on our website. It is called The Bitches Talk Amok. It is updated, new, sexy as ever. Go to www.studynotesaba.com and go grab it for yourself. Love ya. Mean it. You know what? And it's one of those things I think our field is actually moving more towards that um, human-centered, like really, instead of just focusing so much on the data and the functional analysis and blah, 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 like being more um, in tune. And Greg Hanley does a ton of work with this, with the um, practical functional assessment and realizing that, you know what? There is not enough time to do a full-on direct observation of this problem behavior that the parent or the teacher is describing, right? Like Mm -hmm. the traditional functional analysis that was developed in the 60s where you're running these, you know, conditions. Yeah. Play, the alone, the, 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 the. And, you know, Greg Hanley's done a great job with moving us away from that and really focusing on that informed interview and how important that interview can be if you have the skill set an understanding of what questions to really ask, which is kind of what I feel like that is in tune with, um, with what you guys are talking about. Yeah. And when we do assessments and sorry, Brooke, I didn't know if you were about to jump in. Sorry. You look no, like you were good. going to All yeah. right. like it's the movement of the thing right I'm, there. I'm the movement of the Manly, Cause I've, I've used some of his tools before, but I was trying to think about what I've used of his. The, maybe so, the ISCA, the PFA, the my way. Um, he's done a ton. For like my my autism evaluations and interviews, like one of the most important parts of my evaluation, right? For interview and observation and testing is just like the last part of it, like a formal mm-hmm. test, right? So record review, interview, observation, test, riot. It's a great way to remember for assessment, but Ooh, that's a key riot. part too, okay. right? Just talking to parents and having a good conversation and also trying to see what their perspective is as far as maybe why these behaviors are occurring or if they even think these behaviors are actually occurring or if their kids are what they normal, right? I've heard that before. My kid's normal. Like this isn't, there's no problem here or things like that. So first of all, no, I, none of us are normal. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> At least not four of us. So At least not us four. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I, I need to ask you something. So let's say we have, you guys are obviously in the public schools, but my cousin recently called me and, you know, she's living in Maryland. Her daughter's in a private school and she's like, you know, the teachers seem to think like there's something with her learning whatever it is, right? And she's like, I'm like, oh, well, you should probably like, you know, maybe go get her evaluated, you know, with a psychologist, whatever. And she's telling me, okay, but 
I don't know if we really want her to have a label of anything. And I'm like, well, get it. She could get more help. Oh, I don't know really in the private school, to be honest. But as she's in. But she's like, you know, it's amazing. It's like $7,000 for the evaluation. Are people in public school getting these? Like, are you guys giving those for free? Or they have to go outside? We do them all. We do all the evaluations on campus. Unless you have a diagnostician, they kind of focus on the academic part of it. But but we don't get paid seven thousand dollars. We don't get paid seven thousand dollars evaluation. We do it. But for you're in the salary. wrong field. I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we do all the evaluations on a campus. The uh, in in fact, the school district, even if you're not enrolled in the public school, the school district is responsible for identifying children with disabilities in the that reside within the the school district boundaries. Yeah, it's called child uh, fine. Yeah, and that's federal law. Is that across law. the country? It's across the country. It's federal law. It's federal law. So, so she can she can request an evaluation through the school district that she lives in, but she doesn't necessarily have to provide uh, her child with um, with special education services. Yeah. So yeah, we I've tested high schoolers that are go to private schools in my or, district or homeschooled or homeschooled. We do homeschool as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do them all. I think I actually knew this, like in the back of like my like special ed mind. I feel like I like knew this back when, but I haven't. Yeah, typically there's a child find team in each district that'll do that. So Casey, I got a kid that's in middle school at a private school. I feel like there's something going on. They're not going to assess. You come, you call the child find. We do the assessment. We provide the evaluation. Now at a private school, it's up to them whether or not they want to provide services or not. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Brooke, right? No, that's it's They correct. don't. They're going to make you like bring someone in privately. Let's be real. Yeah. Well, I didn't want, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, they, they <laughs> probably most likely are going to do that. But you will still have an evaluation. You'll still have a possible eligibility under whatever, you know, code. Ours is TEA in Texas, Texas Education Agency. Um, but yeah, child fine will do the evaluation. Wait, so free. like, but I'm, I'm saying, so I was that kid who, you know, my mom took to psychologists for, you know, oh, she has ADHD. Oh, she has ADD. That's really interesting. I didn't, I wouldn't have thought that. What? <laughs> ah. <laughs> no, okay. I was like, all right. <laughs> I don't know if you're being serious or not. Bro. <laughs> I was going to be like, you just lost all your street cred. <laughs> oh, that was so, such a good straight face. Bro. I love it. That was really good. I, I was like, wait, does he hey, not, is he in the same room as us? <laughs> Actually, I've been relatively focused today compared to where I usually am. But what I'm saying is, are you able to are you able to actually like give an actual diagnosis or is it like under like IDEA where it's like, oh, this person has a learning disability or you could be like, oh, this person has ADHD. So ADHD kind of falls under the medical world. So we can't really diagnose that. That's what I was wondering. Okay. Yeah. So, but we, so I guess it'd be the confines of your IDEA or your local education agency. So like in Texas, we have 13 eligibilities, I think, Brooke. Yeah. I think. And I I mean, I think this probably shows a little bit difference in in practice styles because I would say, uh, yes, we have the training, the experience and the competency um, to do so. Um, Now, how we, you know, write that in the report, we would say something like, this uh, Liot meets the criteria of a of a student or the, has characteristics of a student of as ADHD and should be eligible for special education services under the area of other health impairment. Now the Texas law says that for that particular condition, a physician has to also be a part of that school based team to make that determination. But we're trying to get that changed, right, Brooke? We are. Yeah. Wait. So <laughs> and, like then then you need to go pay outside for that, right? 
It depends on how you and your attorney and your school district attorneys interpret that. Most mm-hmm. uh, most school districts are going to say the, that that's the burden of the parent or the family. Um, I tend to have a different position because if it says that if if the law says that the that the physician has to be a part of the team, and the the burden of the evaluation is on the school district, then I think the school district should have a physician as a part of the team. Rather, it, I don't think the, mm-hmm. the burden should be on the parent. There, it's a it's a huge equity it's a huge equity problem. It's it's also like, I mean, as someone who had learned disabilities myself, you know, or I guess has, but now I look at them as abilities because built this business based on my You're different way, my different ways of learning. Abilities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but and you know what? I just want to say too about like anyone listening to with this disability or any type of this. Um, I love what Yacht just said because yeah. they're just different abilities and yeah. being able to see that and see that it doesn't, yeah, you could meet Liat and I are completely different, right? Like I don't struggle with learning disabilities. I, I mean, yes, I struggle with some kind of social anxiety and stuff like that, but the way that she has harnessed her learning disabilities or ADHD is actually beautiful to see when I'm like, holy shit. I think that can take us. Um, so we're going to we're actually going to have a couple of podcast guests who are helping us to reframe disability. Um, there's an individual who teaches um, some sexuality classes at Rutgers, um, and What's she has name? Uh, Amy Amy Galvan. Um, I'll I'll send it to yeah, you yeah, guys. Okay. Um, Chris, don't we have a meeting with her next week? Yeah, we have it on next Wednesday. Um, and so she's an individual. Literally, Chris. What time? And- just so the audience can know what time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you guys come join Eastern us. Or, or central or what? Uh, central, always central for us. Yeah. Okay. Same. Cool. <laughs> Good time. Um, Amy Amy Gravino, G R A V. Oh, I've heard of her. Love her, sweetest, okay. sweetest, okay. sweetest. So lady. she has autism. Oh, yeah, right? I never met her. Like, do you know her? A good friend. Yeah. She, she has autism. And so one of the things that she did when she became an adult is she requested her records, her educational records from the school district and mm-hmm. dug deep into the way that school psychologists and other evaluation people talked about her in those reports. Oh, wow. And, and I think that's something oh, that shit. we've got to consider. I don't know if you guys heard the, uh, there was an NPR podcast the other day. I think it's uh, LifeCast or something like that. And it was during, you know, Autism Awareness Month. And it, it was very uh, critical of the way that we are trying to, in our fields, um, trying to change their neuro, um, you know, their neurodiverse abilities. Yes. Um, when they just, you know, a lot of people just want to be themselves yeah. and, and we need to embrace that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's going to be something that we're going to, to see as we move maybe these next few years towards more cultural responsivity and, um, yeah. you know, and, and sensitive, uh, sensitiveness. I'm, I'm going to throw a question at YouTube real quick. Do you see like pushback from the autism community against ABA? Cause that's totally. kind of, yeah. 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 A lot of people I think, hate us. I think there is a really, um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because I come from working with, um, it's hard to frame the right words and what you say, but intellectual disabilities. Yes. But they need high, high, high support, high, high support. needs. Okay. High need. Not about functioning or whatever, but I worked with adults 
very. You could say it, sis. You could say it. We've, that, said, we've, we've said more ballsy stuff before. You're doing great. Okay. <laughs> but like, you know, age 28, still not being able to toilet. Um, yeah. Uh, very aggressive, physically self-injurious, very, you know, very little communication. Um, and so, and I've been in front of a ton of um, human rights committees because they're over 21. And mm-hmm. there's a wonderful journal article that I love. It's the it's in Java. I think it's called like the right to eat donuts and take naps. Have you guys heard of this one? Uh, she no, means donuts, no. but yeah. Right. What did I say instead? Donuts, but oh, I'm, okay. just, I'm here. I'm here for you, sis. <laughs> What's your favorite donut? Um, <laughs> I think that um, glazed with strawberry frosting. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you said strawberry frost. I have a huge thing about glazed donuts. I, it's going to be a huge tangent. If you want me to get on my soapbox, I don't like them. I think they're trash, and I think they're. I don't understand the point of a glazed donut. If you're eating a donut, you're already committed to a donut, uh-huh. but you're going to go with like basic white bread when you eat it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, no, no. But if you get a good one, it's good. Like, it's. But is it better than like? I don't want to like, get in a fight. It's like our first time, like on like. Leah, we just started this relationship. I don't think we should already start doing this right now. I so. Wait, I have a question. Did you guys talk about donuts in another podcast that you did? Or am I uh, making this up out of my No, you spoke right about now. it in the class last night. Someone was talking about, oh, Alan ate donuts when he ended Passover or something. Alan so, told me something about you guys. That you, no, Alan. Yes. <laughs> no, this is getting into like a future project that we have. Do you want to get into that now? <laughs> sure. Okay, sure. <laughs> so we shot a pilot. It's a pilot episode. But it's YouTube. So there's nothing crazy. But it's, it's our, our new thing. We're starting School Shrinks with Brooke, myself, and then our colleague, Joel Bell. Um, and there was a part of it where we talked about like pet peeves that we have. And I went down a track about glazed donuts. And, okay. And, so and I, was, I knew I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And to Alan, that was uh that was a, a repulsive, uh, yes, yeah, Alan he, told he me. the relationship. Yeah, he did. Alan reached out to me and he like, out of nowhere, he just texted me. He's like, I don't know if I can be friends with these guys. Trash. But anyway, so back to my point about just like my, you know, the, the population, the community that I worked with, the levels of support, um, yes, it does look, I see that ABA could look restrictive and could look that we're trying to control change. Um, but it's in, I mean, we kind of have a shitty history in a lot of areas too, yeah, you know, totally. like, I mean, like we have like a lot of, th- I was just reading the new, the, when I was reading the intro of the new ethics book, I was like, damn, we got a really shitty, <laughs> start. we really got, we got some shit to clear up over here. It's not a good look. Yeah, but I think that the way the field's moving um, is amazing, and it is accepting and not changing. And um, you know, as long as we continue to do better in our practices and understand being, um, you know, expanding your cultural scope, and that going into a house, especially if you don't know anything about the family yet, like you got to take your BCBA hat Mm -hmm. off and go in as a person. Like I'm Casey here to like, we've had Antonio, Dr. Antonio Harrison on, who talks about leading with hello. And he talks about that a lot. He says, Hey, you know, I don't go in as a BCBA. I don't identify as a BCBA when I go and meet a client for the first time. I identify as I'm in, hi, I'm Antonio. And like, I want to get to know everything that matters to you. That's socially significant to you. Um, culturally, anything like that. And that is what we need to be doing instead of going in as like, all right. And it's hard because a lot of us BCBAs are very type A and like, oh, 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 here's my clipboard and my assessment. And I've got to like, no, how about you take like 
take a step back and dude bcbas are so type a it's <laughs> like all wild. The same. like i literally you actually don't fit the mold like you're the chill like you'd go no in shit. like no shit i like yeah. i am like more stressed out by this type a business going on with everyone i mean i need some order in my life as Brooke said, like he could see I have this 80. Oh, I mean, look at this beautiful piece of art I'm making as I talk to you guys. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. And that will be for sale on the website. Yeah. as well. Oh my goodness. We'll frame it up in the hall and be like, like this is what I was working on before this. By the, I, I'm listening better if I'm drawing, but. Hey, are y'all following the Johnny Depp stuff? Yeah, I, I really am. Is going on. I've missed it, but he's looking like kind of creepy. But can you tell me what's going on? I don't know. All the, I'm, with Leah. I'm getting headlines and I read the headlines. Amber, on, so. Amber shat the bed. Um, oh, she severed so, his and, finger. As you naturally do. She yes. blamed it on these four pound teacup foodles or something. I am so, so. confused. It is, <laughs> it is such a mess. I mean, it is all over, but I still, it's one of those things. It's like such a headline, but there's really no true information. You're just yeah. like, no, but I can someone just give me context. No, I can't. I, there is none. It's like, is that he's looking like not hot at all. Like he's looking like. Well, because he doesn't get to wear his, his like 37 bracelets and all of his necklaces and all of his rings. So he doesn't have his flair. There's no flair. Amber described him as, or her mom said that Amber described him as a fat old man. That's one <laughs> clip I saw. Um, the other one was like, uh, she had uh, supposedly he um, assaulted her and she had black eyes, but the pictures don't show that. And then she severed his finger after a filming of a pirate Trigger warning. What is severed? Or finger. Oh, for you. Yeah, because you Severing lost fingers. your finger too. So you lost yeah. your finger? Are you kidding? Her you, know you obviously don't listen to our podcast. Get off. Okay. I, listened, I listened last night. I heard you're having sleep problems. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, boy. That's awesome. Thank you. I know. It's I'm like, so glad you've been able me. to overcome. <laughs> yeah, I'm so get- glad you've been able to overcome that and become so successful. Well, that is the success of the business. You realize that, right? Like I really wish that if you were listening to this podcast right now, you don't know what just happened, but Liat held her fingers up to the screen. And as anyone who is a BB fan, um, she has missing three fingertips. And the the, the guys didn't they know They froze that. off. I'll tell no. you about it later. But you should probably listen to t- episode one if you want to know how I lost these fingers. And also, we should probably give them context as to what pieces of art I was holding up. There's one like beautiful rainbow... Um, like wave thing that I'm drawing. And the other one actually says poop and child find and talk a mot and like decorated poop stuff. But this because in class last night, I wrote that word to teach. Remember? Yes. I, did. So I started decorating it. I so. was there. <laughs> yes, you were. I love the special corner of gossip talk on the BCBA podcast, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay, have, yes. Don't you have questions for us, Casey? I know we've been doing this for 45 minutes. Because no, we, we, we usually do about an hour. But this <laughs> yeah. is all. these are all the things that I was asking, but they all happen naturally. So it wasn't even yeah. like I had to do like an interview. I have a question. Okay. So when you are going into being a – so my friend, she just, you know, just got her PhD, became a psychologist, whatever, did her like program. Now she's doing her – like you have to be under a supervisor – what program is this the same program that you guys went into to be in school psychology or is it like what, what is the so my my degree is in school psychology 
And I'm going to kind of let Brooke take it from here since he actually does work at a university. Yeah. So in order to be a school psychologist, and in most states, in order to be a school psychologist, in in Texas, we call their licensed specialist in school psychology. Same thing. And if you have any listeners in Arkansas or Louisiana, um, but uh, in order to be a school psychologist, it's generally a 60 plus hour graduate degree. We call that specialist level. Um, has to be in certain coursework. There does have to be a 1,200-hour internship. Um, it can be completed in about three years, but a doctoral degree is not required to be a school psychologist. Um, so your friend is probably moving to become a licensed psychologist or a clinical psychologist, um, which requires a, a 30 to 40 more hours um, and a little bit heftier of, a, of an internship. Uh, okay, so... Like your program, was it in a psychology program at a university or within education? Uh, they are, they, they, they vary. Sometimes they're in liberal and arts college, liberal arts colleges or arts and sciences. Sometimes they're in colleges of education. It just kind of depends on the university. Um, so I would say, you know, it's maybe 50, 50, 50, some are, some are in, in, uh, arts and sciences and some are in, um, colleges of education. Ours, is, there, is it ours not a lot of you? In, uh, Nash, well, in Texas, there's almost 4,000 of us. Um, Do you have to pass national, like a, an exam? Yeah, there's a national licensure exam. Um, three exams we got to pass, right, Brooke? Like the praxis, the jurisprudence. Hey, I took that. But and usually education. your university one, right? Yeah. Um, so for licensure, it's the praxis and then... Uh, depending upon the state, there may be an additional exam. Um, and so in, in Texas, it's a, it's a, it's a legal, it's a law exam. Um, what was your other question? I have ADHD. I, remember? <laughs> I think she was just asking about what test do we have to pass or is there a test to pass? No, Casey asked that. Yeah, sure. That she was directed towards the bottom left of my screen. Oh, and <laughs> bottom right of mine. Okay. Yeah. I have, okay. So off the testing, I want to talk about really quickly how you two met. Because I feel like you're soulmates. I f- we are. We are soulmates. Well, I feel like you're the Leon and Casey male version. And Who's who? So, oh, I'm um, Brooke and you're Chris. Have you seen yeah, Chris this whole I time? Think so. I think so. Chris is just like on his phone doing other things. Actively like writing and working at the same time. Well, but also, they're both like, here we are with our microphones. <laughs> Well, also, Chris has to send me messages to tell me things. Like, he, he's always um, messaging me. Yeah. And, like, say, your mic's too slow, too too low, or, you know. <laughs> I was going to say it. I was going to be like, you sound so quiet over here. Is Alan talking in the background? That's what I thought it was. But then I started hearing you. Yeah. Yeah. But so I let me tell my story of our cute meetup, Brooke, and then you okay. can tell your side of it too. Okay? <laughs> cute meetup. I love that. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh, Brooke has been on the task board for multiple years. What is um, task? So listeners know what that is. Oh, so the Tech Association of School Psychologists. Okay. It is a association that tries to represent the school psychologists in the state of Texas. Every state generally has one. Um, ours is pretty big. We got, I think, but we're up to like 24 board members now, Brooke, that with varying okay. different positions. Um, that either you're elected, you're not elected, and also just voting members and non-voting members, right? Brooke's been on the board. I joined it about three years ago. And whenever we have a board meeting, there's a link that's sent out, like, would you like a roommate or would you like to have your own room? I said, I'd like a roommate. They paired me with Brooke. He didn't even show up the first night. So I got ghosted the first night, all right? (laughs) 
He oh. showed up the second day. Remember, you came in in the morning. Oh, yeah, that's and everybody's girl. like, that's Brooke. And I'm like, oh, that's the guy that's going to be in my room mm. with me. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's real cool. He's real cool. So we that's started ballsy. talking. That's kind of ballsy. Like, you don't know who you're going to share a room with? No. I mean, well, we're cheap. So we're, I, we don't want to waste member funds. You yeah, know? come on now. Yeah, let's go. Wait, what do you mean? Oh, they pay for your thing? Yeah. To stay in the hotel room? Yeah. Like if you're if you they, if you're willing to be a roommate with somebody, then um then saves I mean, money. Those, yeah. Saves money. I mean yeah. we're volunteering oh, our time. We're not paid to be on the board. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, well, why doesn't ABAI pay for us? <laughs> oh no, no, no. <laughs> but so and then just talking to Brooke over the over the months, we became really close and we had a lot of the same similar interests. We had a lot of the same focuses at these board meetings about getting our name out there, trying to bring positivity to the field of, uh, what's it called? Recruiting people. Like we need school psychologists. And then the pandemic hit. That was like the year the pandemic hit. And there was, we got kind of shut down with like sponsors. It was hard to get funds to come into the association because we use that. We use funds and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I pitched broke the idea because I was listening to a separate podcast. Like, why don't we start a podcast? We can maybe get sponsorships that way. Um, and then it just kind of evolved into this ever-growing thing where now Brooke and I have like 37 projects that we want to do because mm-hmm. we have the same growth mindset and we want to just develop, develop, develop. So it's been phenomenal. Like I I love Brooke. I, I consider Brooke uh, one of my closest friends now. I do think of you as like a mentor and like a big brother, man. I love you, man. So like, thank oh, you. That's so sweet. I'm getting goosebumps. Thank you for that. I do appreciate it. Oh, oh, so I, I don't love psychologists. You know, these men are so open with so their feelings. So mentalistic. <laughs> open with their feelings. I Although goosebumps, I goosebumps could be considered an observable event. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, but this, and, and that's kind of where we've gotten to at this point is, you know, we have, we've already got the Task Talks podcast, which is affiliated with the Task Organization. Um, we have our school strengths thing now, which we are now kind of getting going. That's our own thing, right? That we kind of wanted to do, mm-hmm. just bring positivity. Is, and is that a podcast? It's going to be a YouTube channel. Oh. So you're going to be you're going to be able to see these beautiful oh, well, faces. If you subscribe, we're almost at 10,000. We'll subscribe back. Ah, oh yes. Good. We will be- you guys are like so, so popular. Yeah. Well, Let's so, just hope how hard, hard it is to be popular. We try. We try. We're getting also, old, though. You, you, you got to be eager. You got to be like, go subscribe. Like, leave us five stars, okay? Like, you got to scare them. Like, we're not going to make episodes anymore if you don't leave us. Ever, you know? Oh, okay. You got to scare people. We have doing that, bro. That's so, going like, to be – We haven't been doing that at all. Liana is, like, court. very shameless in, like, anything. So, like, that is so not my style. I'm like, oh, that's so embarrassing. Stop asking for that. But it's like – it's worked. So I right. guess just be a bulldog. Like I call her, just be a bulldog. Well, and I also recently started a new, this is not a pitch, but it just has something to do with this. So we have, oh, yeah. I started a new Instagram account to kind of like start just school psych based. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go follow the bitches real fast. And I'm like, oh, geez, you guys have so many followers. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, just like drop in a sea of just like a random new follower that just kind of dropped in there. You know what? It is, <laughs> it is it's one of those things where, and I'm so happy that you guys are doing this to almost exactly like what we wanted to do. Disseminate, recruit, spread awareness, and do better for the field. And I think mm-hmm. that is very similar to what you two are doing. Oh, my God. You're such an inspiration to Brooke and I. Oh, <laughs> you are. Like, you are. Eight years behind you guys, but <laughs> you are. I'm like literally going to cry right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, like Chris came to me like a, a year or year and a half ago and said, hey, there's uh, there's these girls and they do test prep for the uh, BACB exam. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, should we do that for the for the school psychology exam? I'm like, well, 
people really don't fail it very often, but mm-hmm. if it's a way to make money, I bet we could. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And to make it fun, right? Instead of yeah. just reading the same dang book every time. Yeah. And yeah. thank you, Brooke, for doing that in the middle of this podcast episode so everybody can hear it. So they know if that we don't get to do it with the behavior bitches, that's on them at this point. So partnership <laughs> <laughs> already going. Okay, great. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great thing. But I also want to tell you guys, well, just because I can say this. How cool is it to have someone that you could flow with, like ideas, like excitement, like it, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, all the time I'm like, I'm so thankful for Casey because it's like we share the same excitement about this and and it's different than being like, oh, we just work in the same field. It's like we want to do shit and like the uh-huh. amount of ideas we have is overwhelming. So I don't know which one of you guys is the one to like write we, down the idea and one to like shoot the idea. I mean, we both have ideas, but like it's always like, Casey, write that one down. That was a good one. <laughs> Great idea. Make sure it's on paper, you know? But I it's, think we it's both, so I think fun. We, like yeah. you wake up excited for the day and I don't go to I, sleep. It's terrible. We both come up with ideas. I'd say Chris is more the driver once the idea uh, gets put on paper, gets, you know, written written down. Um, and he's also uh, he, he's also an executor. Like Mm -hmm. I, um, I don't know. Have you guys read the book, um, big magic? Um, forgot who I think Elizabeth something or other. Um, Oh, um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And I mean, Gilbert, yeah, yeah. Elizabeth Gilbert. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, it, that, I would say there are that that's what makes a lot of these things happen is you're just dreaming and you're just mm-hmm. saying, let's do the next big thing. Um, you're describing so Liat. It's flow. It's, flow. it's yeah. flow. Like you get this flow and you get high on it. Like much better than weed. You know, it's like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. If you live in California and obviously not in Texas. Um, no, you can do that in New Mexico though. Okay. Or Oklahoma. Oh, should we go drop all the states? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I feel like what you just described is like, so we always have all these ideas. I write them down. I definitely am the one who is more um, conservative in the sense that like, okay, like. Politically, yeah. Not even po- I'm, everything. I'm, I'm just kidding. Like, I'm kidding. You, you, <laughs> it's not political. And <laughs> we lost how many subscribers? But I mean, like, she'll <laughs> execute. She'll be like, okay, Casey, like, I'll like organize all, this entire project behind the scenes. And then I'm so afraid to like execute it. Cause I want Pull it to be trigger. so perfect. Yeah. And Leah's like, no, just do it. And I'm like, <gasps> and so like, she'll be the executor where I'm more of like the, I built like the steps to kind of get there. And then it's like, I'm afraid to launch or afraid to, yeah. you know, go out. Yeah. So well, and I think Brooke and I, a big part of where we've come from is like a lot of talk, but no action with things. Yes. Right. And so we're just, we've taken it on ourselves to like, either fail miserably or succeed somewhat right so mm-hmm. well it doesn't kind of- if you love what you're doing it doesn't matter like to be honest if i was like being like oh i think i'm gonna put all my eggs into this basket of creating a vacuum cleaner like i don't really give a fuck about vacuum cleaners so like <laughs> but it's like the thing is like if you're doing what you love like you guys like talking about these topics right like mm-hmm. doing all these yeah. different things so like so what you've entertained yourself and been doing like <laughs> No, and like been doing something constructive with your brain at the same time. So like if it's a success, amazing. You know, like so it's not like one person, like just like what I said, like reading that review, like I didn't really like someone out there in the world of ABA chaos is feeling like they get shit from people about ABA and they're trying to like find a place and a niche and a home that like they can trust. And that is what our podcast has become. And that's what you guys are yes doing too, because I'm sure you said there's not a lot of you. It's a lonely field. Everyone wants community. 
Everyone wants community to be a part of something. Like, especially um, your role, it seems like you're not like working amongst all these other psychologists all the time. Like you're alone, right? Almost done. Yeah. Yeah. And especially depending on where you are. So I work in a district where there is 22 of us that work in the district. We're not like hanging out with each other all the time or anything like that. But Brooke and people like West Texas, they don't have that same type of community, mm-hmm. which is something that we are trying to help with, right? Brooke, like, which, I know you yeah. work at a university, but generally speaking, you're kind of the only LSSP for your stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say there's probably, you know, in our region or in our area, there's there's maybe 20 of us. Well, for instance, there's a school district of 10,000 students, and uh, at the end of this school year, they will have one school psychologist left. Oh, uh, is that insane? Whole, yeah. in that whole and then there were district. none. One mental health professional for 10,000 students. Like literally insane. Dude, everyone is so effed up. We need way more than that. I know. Thank you. (laughs) And that's what we're trying to say. So we'll see all you guys in three years when you finally graduate and then you can come help us. But it's hard. It's hard. Wait, so you guys actually have a big ass responsibility. You have got to disseminate this. Yes. Not that much pressure on you or anything. I'm sure you have enough on your plate (laughs) as like the soul. As like the soul. So, Mental yeah, health so, professional and so we, we're we're about to uh, we're, I think we're about to law in as our association our our organization is about to launch a, a kind of an advertising campaign just to promote awareness um, of the field uh, in our in our state because there are so few of us uh, and I mean we all come to school psychology like happenstance mm-hmm. it's just like you know no, nobody graduates from high school and says. I want to become a school psychologist. Right. Um, and so we've got to do something about that. Yeah. You're well, listen, you, you have a shit ton of listeners listening right now. Okay. Yeah. We have a lot of BCBAs or people like within our field, maybe they're RBTs now, they're in school. They're like, what do I want to do exactly? Mm-hmm. This is, I'm going to give you a shark tank, two minutes to say why someone would want to get into what you're doing because maybe you might catch someone here. Because, you know, we used to feel like, I don't know necessarily it's ABA I want to do. But I think one of the things that if you're listening, if you're a listener right now, and you're hearing this conversation between us, BCBAs, them, school psychologists, we are speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. And we are. are. So, like, exactly. Like, how can we collaborate better and disseminate better both of them? So, go. Do and it. to kind of pitch to your RBT people, I use ABA stuff all day, every single day as it is. I just have, I'm not saying added stuff on top of that, but other stuff I have to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you are interested in helping children, if you're help, interested in mental health, if you're helping with academics, consultation, working with a team to help create better education for individuals across the board, whether it's pre-K-3 all the way to what, 22, Brooke, they can stay in public school at this point, at least in Texas? Yes, 21? Yeah. No. Yeah, your 22nd birthday. So if you if that interests you and you want to be a part of a team and you want to be the person that sets a kid on the right path down education and you want to be that person that helps parents, parents need help. They don't understand what's going on with their kid. Their kid can't learn. Their kid can't maintain, you know, attention in the classroom. Their kid is acting out whatever it is. They need those answers. And typically somebody else is not going to be able to do that. School psychologists do that. We are the people that do that. And if you continue on and keep a kid in counseling, you get to actually be an active part of that. You get to help that child become successful so that they can one day walk across the damn stage, get a degree, and then move on with their life and become a functioning member of society. That's what we're trying to do, right? 
Damn. It's round All of, right. Round and of what's applause the evaluation right of your company? Yeah. What are you guys requesting? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I guess the only thing I would add to that is who was who was saying that they had back pain? Was that Liot? No, I said ADHD, but same thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I, you, I did like leg day the other day, so my back kind of hurts too. So, so, so think about think think about the difference between like a chiropractor and uh, masseuse and a physical therapist, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The chiropractor and the masseuse is working over the whole body. They're um, they're looking at multiple parts and how they interact with one another. Um, and then the the uh, the physical therapist is coming in and working on a very 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 finite specific part of the body. And I think in some ways we get to be as school psychologists, more of the chiropractor, more of the, um, and I know a lot of chiropractors are probably kind of quacky, but, um, <laughs> but more of the chiropractor or the, or the massage therapist, whereas maybe BCBAs are working on that same part of the body over and over and over and over and really get to be mm-hmm. experts at that particular skill. So, um, so I, I guess it really kind of depends, you know, are you gravitated towards doing this, the working with the same type of kid over and over? I would say my day is very different every single day. I never know what I'm going to walk into. Um, and I've got to be able to wear a, any hat at mm-hmm. any moment. You have to have almost a type A and type B personality because your routine is already going to be destroyed at like 745 in the morning, right? right? Like the schedule you put forth is not going to happen usually because either yeah. a meeting's happening, there's a kid that's having a meltdown. Oh, that's perfect for in. Casey. She'd love that. Oh my God. You'd be so good, Casey. I know that was ironic, but <laughs> but it's it's so great, I'm right? I'm kidding. She needs a routine like a... I'm a mofo. Um, I will say that one of my only experiences other than you two with a school psychologist is um, during COVID, my nephew, um, everyone again is on Zoom and he has a lot of trauma and behavioral issues and I took him for two days a week and um, I just remember like the only person that could get through to him was the school psychologist and she would actually um, kind of recommend like Oh, if if Maddox is feeling stressed or the Zoom is overwhelming, like he's allowed to take a break, and that was like something where I was like, "That is just so simple." I thought it was parsimony. Like, oh. Hashtag parsimony for right. studying. Like, oh my god, no, he's not learning now. Blah 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 blah. Like he needs to be here. And the school like school psychologist would be like, "Just have, come and I'll go in a Zoom session with him," and he would open up to her. And this like to I had never he- heard him like open up to anyone like he would to her. He wouldn't. He would close down, shut off. And then he was like, oh, but miss, you know, so-and-so, whatever her name was, um, I'm okay. Like, I want to go talk to her outside in the, can I sit in the hallway and talk to her? I'm like, sure. Like on Zoom, but like in my hallway, I'm like, yeah, as long as you're doing something constructive right now. And it was just not Fortnite. All right. I know. Seriously. But yeah, it was just such like, so I had such a good experience and I was like, thank you. I'd call her after and be like, thank you so much for getting him through those meltdowns. And she's like, he just needs someone to like understand him and get on his level. Do you guys have the bandwidth to do that though? Or is that more the school counselor? So I was about to jump in there. So because of our shortage, Mm -hmm. we don't always get to do all that type of stuff. So I have three campuses. Brooke is literally going to different campuses every single day. Some not even close to where you live. Correct, Brooke? Oh, yeah. I'm, so yeah. if I'm over here at this campus today and that is happening to one of my kids, the kids that I service at another campus, I'm not there. Oh, I can't be oh, that yeah. person. I can't be that hallway talk for that kid. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's 
it just is what it is. So we do have to rely on other people Mm -hmm. to kind of help with some of those things. So I have great relationships with all my counselors on my campuses. So they know, and we kind of talk about the different kids that are on there. So sometimes there's a kid that they're dealing with that I need to step in with and vice versa if I'm not there. But it's also on to us to help develop other people's skills to deal with those things, right? So like parent training, right? For you guys, where you, I'm assuming that's what that means, right? So (laughs) we're we're, we're like, you know, all right, so if Mm -hmm. A happens, then here's what we're going to go to. It's almost like a Venn diagram. So Mm -hmm. there's the behavior, here's the two routes we can go, and then we'll just kind of branch off from there. And you just got to hope for the best when I'm not there. Well, that's the thing is like, as and I know there's not as big of a shortage in our field, but there still is, but like, the yeah. other is there is there a is short but like tidge. I would That's say why everyone has a twenty thousand dollars sign on bonus. <laughs> oh, shit. But they're like, but then we'll work you into the ground, and that twenty thousand won't even come to your, your, your therapy <laughs> sessions. Um, but yeah, I, I exactly is the sense that like you are you want to put yourself out of a job per se is what we always say in our field is that like you don't want to be the only person that can do what you do. Um, you want to grow the skill set of those that are the mediators, the stakeholders, the parents, the teachers, um, so that they feel that they're able to implement what you are teaching them um, so that you don't have to be that one person. Like if you get a skill mastered at the table, it is not mastered, right? It needs to be mastered across settings Good. and subjects and generalization yeah. students listening. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure that's the same with you and training counselors it, it, and families. It is. And I don't mean, I don't know how you, I mean, I've, I've talked for years about how we've got to give away our skills. Yes. And, um, but guy, I'm, I'm discouraged about it because as much as we try to give things away, we're not seeing changes um, amongst the educators very yeah. often. Well, you know what they uh, and, say, as if you think it's hard enough to change, like how hard it is to change your own behavior, mm-hmm. it's that much harder to change someone else's, you know, and get that buy-in. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're all doing, I think we're all here in the same boat rowing together saying, hey, let's do better, be better, disseminate better. And I don't know what it's like up there. You're in what, in North Hampshire, New Hampshire? Yes, New Hampshire. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys are having like educators, teachers bailing out every single day. Um, But I think that's one of what, one thing that we hope to do with the school shrinks is really just to create a positive atmosphere and climate for, for educators, for parents, to um, mental health professionals, to be encouraged and, and to be supported because it's just like they need actual school shrinks for staff. I mean, I'm like so upset. Like I, Gotta say, I hung out with like the top dog, like special educators when I was in my special ed program at Maryland. And by top dog, I mean like these are the teachers that you'd want for your kids. Like just Mm. badass. Like they went into this, not just because like, oh, I think education will be easy. It was like, I want to be an educator and change the world. Three of the people who were like in my like are no longer, they're like, I have to get out of special ed. There's just like zero support, blah, 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 you know? Education is hard. It is hard. No, but and it, like it's really good educators. It's, there's, there's just like, and as a, like a behavior analyst who like looks at these contingencies, it's like these people are the most important to us. Like literally educating our future, but like we're also not taking care of them. So like if there's not enough of you to take care of the students, who also you know make it harder on them as well. But it's the the whole. It's a broken system that needs a lot more mental health professionals beyond just the students. I also think like for support of 
staff, but that's a whole other. It is. Well, and I think sometimes like I have, I have teachers or admin come into my room and just talk and vent about things as well. So we have to almost be that person for them too, because the day is hard. It's a hard day. You got 20 plus kids in the class if you're lucky, right? You know, I mean, there's some that hit like 24, 25 kids and you got to deal with them all day long. And you're basically their parent for eight hours a day, right? And that's not to count all the other stuff you got to do. You got to worry about star testing, which is the state assessment we take down here in Texas. You know, their benchmarks, are they making progress? 13 parents that are, you know, angry about something or have questions about something. So we kind of have to jump in and do that stuff. Um, Brooke, do you tend to work a lot with (laughs) helping teachers get through the day? Uh, no, I usually tell teachers that I'm not qualified or licensed to work with adults. Um, <laughs> and I, I need to be better at that. I, I mean, I, um, at least in my current role, I'm not, I'm not there when I was in the school districts, you know, I did check in on them, but I didn't feel like I had the skills to, um, you know, to, to provide any kind of therapeutic response other than what a normal good human would do. Yeah. I think that's more what I'm talking about, you know, like just like, do like even just that like I know it's hard. Like I hear mm-hmm. you. Holy shit. You're you're just not alone. Clear. We're all overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about working with, with adults? Yeah. No, yeah. With as the a other teacher, people. the actual educators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guess what? You're gonna get two months off and we're starting again in August. And it's gonna be the same thing over and over again every single year. So mm-hmm. we just gotta try to hold the fort, right? Until we can get things better at least. You know. We were talking, Casey, about how difficult it is to be an educator in this world. You know, oh and things like that. Yeah, totally. So. It's actually hard. I heard Brooke um, saying this is working with adults is so, so hard. I come from working with adults. And I think that you do become that person where the parents are going to call you. Like there's a, a major tantrum occurring, right? And they're going to get through it because they've been doing it for 30 years. You mean their- kids? No, adults. Okay. Yeah. And but the kids throwing the tantrum. The adult, no, like the adult oh, client. Oh, the adults are, okay, okay. Yes. She worked out before. Yes. Okay. And like you become this like almost therapist in the sense where the parent calls you after to debrief about what happened, but it's happened hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times their whole life that not much is really changing it. And I, be, I became more of a, an ear like, oh, can I call you at six o'clock at night? And so-and-so just like my adult son just threw a huge tantrum and I would just listen and try to like be there as a support system the best I could. Um, but it was just definitely a hard population to work with. So if you're out there. How do you you have those conversations with adults uh, or sorry, parents of adults on the spectrum who you're like, Oh, here is like, well, I've been doing this for like 25 years now and you're just coming into the picture. Like what are, what are you going to do? Like, is that a thing that, is that a roadblock that would come up? Oh, I mean, yes, but I feel like they but are, also, so a lot of people are so desperate for help. Okay. And it's like, I would just really listen to the parents. I'd be there um, on call almost like a, I wouldn't care if it was eight o'clock at night, if they had to like text me or call me. And again, I don't have much boundaries when it comes to people that are in need or in crisis. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> given my current family situation, my cousin just totaled my car and <laughs> it's like, yeah. So anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I would say I would always just listen. Don't try to tell them what they're doing wrong or doing, you know, I would just like like more, um, you know, wow, you know, this sucks. This does suck. And you know what, but let's look at all the great things that Corey's doing during the day. And yeah, yeah, like there's gotta be something going on internally. Cause she's like, 
my moms will be like, but it just happens and there's no reason. I just don't know why. And I agree. And I, I see that sometimes it's as a VCBA, you so bad crave that antecedent. What was the antecedent? What happened right before? Well, it had to be something in the environment because it's determinism and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what? Like think of our own behaviors. Like maybe it's not something you can see and it's not something that a parent can fix or change or modify the environment. Like we try to do all that, but sometimes it's just maybe their stomach hurts and they've got IBS or they, you know, can't tell us how they feel and they like want to take a shit and they can't like, I'm just saying like all these different things that could be happen happening privately that it's okay to admit to a parent that I don't know the answer either. Like, wow, man, this is hard. Like this sucks. Like, I'm not sure why he just bit off his toenail and is there's blood everywhere. Like sometimes I bite my nails so they bleed and I'm, you know, (laughs) so there's just so many like different ways to just be just relate, just listen and don't always try to have the answers. That's, that's fascinating. I mean, Casey, that you're talking about, you're clearly not a radical behaviorist. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) but no, there's a, there's a a APA put a, uh, wrote, had a book, um, probably 15 years ago, APA American psychological association, um, he's and, totally uh, me. Yeah. Chris, you are so me to be like um, <laughs> learning opportunity. Okay. Yeah. But it was called the, the heart and soul of, of change. And one of the, it was uh, a comparison of all of the different kind of psychotherapeutic treatment modalities, um, acceptance and commitment therapy, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, mm-hmm. rational emotive behavior therapy, all these. And, and it was, they were trying to find out, okay, is there one that's really, really better than another for certain problems? Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that they concluded with is that it's really not any one particular modality that's better than another. It's that they have a common factor of these things that you're just talking about, active listening, um, reflective responding, um, you know, sitting in the moment, non-judgmental, you know, non-judgmentalism and and all of those things. And, And I, like I said, just a minute ago, it's really about just being a good human being. Yeah. It really is. And being kind. And having those soft skills to be able to, again, take off all of your biases, your judgments of what you would do or what you've done in your past or all of that, like leave it at the door. And it's, it, that's hard. And that's something that as practitioners, we need to be very aware of our biases and how that might affect our clients and our work. And, um, and you know, it's a, it's a, a skill you have to hone, Right that you have to actually practice that. And especially with the new ethics code that's come out for our field, um, it's a big focus and awareness on that, that it wasn't there before. Yeah. I think in our job, Brooke, you have to have very good people skills because a lot of it is you active listening mm-hmm. and then just conversing with somebody who's having a hard time. Usually it's a parent, mm-hmm. but even then at later in high school, sometimes it's the actual student because once they get mm-hmm. to a certain age, they get to make their own decisions on things. So having that conversation can sometimes be hard. And usually, and we typically are the first people that give an eligibility or disability, however you want to call it, to a parent. So having that conversation, even if a parent kind of thinks they know what it is, you still have to actually officially break that news. And so sometimes that can be difficult too. So mm-hmm. I like that term used that soft skills. I've never heard that before, but I don't know if this is relates to this, but that kind of, it seems like it, right? Like, Yeah. It's the skills that you're not necessarily taught that are like, yeah. this is how you do an assessment. It's more like, like you got to remember you're dropping a big bomb on someone like, Hey, your son you know, has autism. Like, it's like, like we, we might hear those things. I mean, we're not the one diagnosing, but you might, we might hear these terms all the time and we're like, okay, yeah, we see a lot of hope with that, blah, blah, blah. 
But someone else, that's like... It's devastating to some people. Well, if remember, Liat, we just did a podcast with Dr. Jim Moore, and we talked about... He is a very seasoned, big... My, like, one of my favorite interviewees. We had him on twice. I know you guys talk about who are some of the big people you've had on that you're like nervous excited like anxious yeah. like he is my like ah! and like yeah so i just had him on again and it was so funny because the first time i was always like dr james moore and he's like can you call me jim like i'm like okay fine this oh, sounds yeah. so informal but one of the things he said um which really struck with me is that he had a brand new brand new bcba who was doing an assessment with a parent and i think about this no matter what you're doing assessment whether you're a bcba or school psychologist or whatever they went in and he was supervising and the mom was just, you could see visibly upset, like a mess. Like, and he paused the assessment and he said, you know, when did you get the diagnosis? And she said basically like yesterday. And she now like doesn't even know what autism is. She hates autism. She can't believe she lost her son. Her son's no longer the same kid that she knew before, like all because of this diagnosis. And he paused the assessment and said, you know what, to the VCBA, we're not going to continue this today because the mom is in no place to receive any of this stuff in the BCBA. Cause again, as newly minted, you're like, I got a bill for insurance. This is blah, blah, blah. like, what am I going to do? Um, he said, you know, basically F it. No, there is this, this is not beneficial to this mom. We need to actually back up and talk with mom about, Hey, guess what? Just cause your kid has autism doesn't mean he's any different than the kid you knew yesterday. And mm-hmm. there are so many amazing things that we can focus on. Um, and let's get rid of that negative connotation and scariness that you're going through and talk about all the great things. Um, and yeah, there's going to be hard shit as well, but that in that moment, and I, I was that BCBA where like, I wouldn't have even had the blind, I would have blinders on of like going in and needing to get billing, billing, billing. I don't I, mom, you're crying in the corner. Okay. But tell me what, where, and when did this happen? And what happens right before the behavior? And she's like over there crying. And I'd be like, I don't know. She's just having a moment, but like, we all need to be more aware of that and be able to step back. And that does come with experience. Um, and also if you're new and you're out there, just go in and, and, and really just forget about your credentials, forget about what you learned in your master's program for that for, like initial meeting and just go in as a person. Yeah. I push that on my interns a lot is that the bread and butter of a good school psych is interpretation because you are that first person to say these things. Yeah. So yeah, we need to interpret scores and we need to help them understand. And in our world, like you guys said, like SLD and basic reading, specifically learning disability and basic reading skills, right? Mm-hmm. We're working on phonological processing and things like that. That doesn't seem like a big deal to us, but to a parent that might be. So not only you have to almost like sandwich in like, all right, here's where our deficits are. Here's what we're going to work on. But we are doing these for future endeavors, right? Mm-hmm. We are going to develop these skills. We're going to help Casey get to where she needs to be at so that one day down the line, we exit her from our program. We exit her from special education. She doesn't need that support and services. And that was a basic thing. Like like I said, in our world, like specific learning disability, that's not even talking about a child on the spectrum or an emotional disturbance, which is kind of a mm-hmm. term to describe like anxiety, depression, all those types of things, PTSD. right? PTSD. PTSD, yeah, anything like that. So like those are things that we have to have that conversation where we have to simultaneously help a parent understand the trajectory of their child is maybe not going to be what they think it's going to be, but also help them create a new one where it's positive and it's great. And we're going to get the kid where they need to be. He's going to be able to sit in the center for five minutes, even though right now he roams around the room with two markers in his hand the whole entire time, right? Like things like that, you know? So And also be there when they're like, yeah, hey, this sucks. This does suck, right? This is maybe not fair. Like all that stuff. But like, yes, I agree. And I think I could probably sit here for the next three days and talk to you guys, but I'm excited. We finally got to sit down and interview you and you got to interview us. 
And I just love, this is a great podcast. So thank you guys so much for coming on. Oh, of course. We love you guys. I'm so glad my wife listened to your podcast and I was like, I'm just going to DM them. Let me slide into the behavior bitches uh, DMs real quick and see what they say. Yeah, you never know when we're going to check it. So it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) We also don't know. This was so amazing. I mean, I think there's a lot more to talk about too. The only reason I did the wrap up sign is because of people listening. They might be like, you know, I'm at my location now and I'm sitting in my car ready to go in and I'm late for a client. (laughs) Can we have another one? Yes, we will. They'll be able to follow part two when you guys come on Task Talks exactly. and converse with well, us. I thought you guys were just going to piggyback off ours, just post this right away. No, because you- I have a thousand questions for you guys as individuals okay. and your company and business that I didn't want to. I didn't want to hijack this. I texted Brooke that earlier. I was like, I'm trying not to hijack this, but I have like a thousand questions for you guys. Sick. So. We're here for okay, it. Okay. We'll send, we'll send you a link to our Calendly. Yeah. We'll- thank you. Thank you. That sounds so professional. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, guys, you... Thanks again for coming. You know where to find us. You could find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, on Facebook, Behavior Bitches Podcast, our website, behaviorbitches.com. Go ahead, listen to us anywhere. But if you are listening on Apple, go leave us a five-star review, nothing less, and only leave us the nicest things you have to say about us, preferably about me because everyone else writes about Casey. (laughs) I don't want to sound desperate, but if you guys want us to keep doing this, you better go leave a five-star review or none at all. Thanks for tuning in. As always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work, it doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him. And he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. Mm-hmm.